Welcome to MAP, the bi-weekly market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German-speaking markets. Mars makes it as easy as possible for you to get your pharmaceutical, medtech or digital health product to the market and of course get the price it deserves. My name is Stefan Walzer, I'm the founder of Mars and a health economist by training and working in the fields of market access, reimbursement, pricing and health economics already since 2004. And now let's learn about the market access and reimbursement systems around the globe. Switzerland is known for, obviously, the Alps, the cheese, and a lot of other really good things within the country, and obviously as well about the nice people in there. How many are there living? Population size is roughly 8 million, according to the OECD. Switzerland has one of the world's best, and that's maybe the kind of downside for healthcare financing people, the most expensive healthcare system. The Swiss population pays roughly 11% of the GDP for health, and which is then significantly higher than elsewhere else. When thinking about the Swiss healthcare system, you obviously need as well to think again about the different layers in here. So we have a national part, which is primarily, let's say, organized from the Swiss Federal Council. So you have the Federal Department of Home Affairs and as well the Federal Department of Financial Affairs, which then has the kind of impact. Firstly, and we're coming back to that as well when we are discussing with Peter Indra about the Federal Office of Public Health. In German, it's the BAG. And that's basically the BAG in, in, in English, right? And a very important kind of stakeholder, which is organizing and then also deciding finally on the healthcare system. And then alongside, you have the Swiss Agency for Therapeutic Products, the Swiss Medic. That's a regulatory component of it. So it's a kind of EMA for Switzerland. And finally, you have as well the Swiss Financial Market Supervisory Authority, the FINMA, which is at least not that, let's say, important from a market access perspective, but obviously very important when thinking about the organization, especially about the different insurances we have in Switzerland. From an organization perspective, we have then furthermore the different cantons. We have 26 cantons in Switzerland. So there it's also important how, let's say, to implement and finally the healthcare system and also the provision of the different kind of services which is then needed. When we're going back again to the, let's say, more market access related points, we have obviously, besides the BAG, then the health insurance companies, we have roughly 60 of the health insurance companies, where we have, let's say, the Hasana as a big one, the Swika as another big one, and the CSS, and then we're getting to Visana and Krupp-Modwell, and finally, after that, obviously still important ones, but getting a bit smaller in terms of size, and you'll hear there are even, even really small ones, as uh, Dr. Intra will as well lay out there. But that's typical, let's say, also for the organization and for the provision of healthcare. And it works finally. I mean, as you have heard, the outcomes um, in terms of healthcare and also the acceptance by the Swiss population is really high for their healthcare system. 
So what about the market access? Obviously, for those who have already heard other episodes um, on Switzerland, you're aware that for drugs, but also for medical devices, for example, the system needs to go through the BAG. So there is a so-called health technology assessment templates available, which are then needs to be filled out, where especially also the clinical evidence is a core driver. Clinical evidence, meaning the BAG wants to see which data are being published, what is publicly available, and especially then peer-reviewed for sure, and is especially also driven, like most of the other agencies across the world and especially across Europe, on randomized controlled trials. Finally, you would obviously need to show, let's say, the kind of environment in Switzerland, what is the kind of current comparators or products being used in the indication of interest, what is the unmet need, and for sure then there's the kind of big differentiation and discussion about the pricing, and I would just relate back to our episodes with Remo Christen and Michael Zürcher. Anyhow, keep in mind, obviously, that there are further institutions and organizations important in the Swiss healthcare system. We will just touch base briefly on that as well in the discussion with Peter Indra. And I think some of those then later on mentioned are obviously the hospitals. And there we have the Association of Swiss Hospitals, H+, which might also be an important consideration when you have a hospital product. Also, when you need to find a solution there, for example, not only for drugs, but also for medical devices. And now jump in now into the discussions with Dr. Peter Intra. He's currently the head of the Department of Health of the Canton of Zurich, but he has really a lot of experience um, in the last years. I mean, he started as a as a core purchaser from a medical perspective at the Hesana Insurance. He was then getting into the uh, um, uh, into the BAG, where he was the vice director finally. But he was then also moving over again back to the insurance side, where he was the designated CEO of Swicka, one of the largest health insurance funds in Switzerland. And finally, he was then, before moving to Zurich, he was in the canton of Basel-Stadt, where he was also the head of the Department of Health. And now, let's go and jump into the details and listen to the vast experience of Dr. Peter Indra. Good, thank you, Dr. Indra, for having you in this I think really interesting kind of discussions. We're moving a bit into the Swiss part, so the Swiss healthcare system. And you're obviously not only a, a core opinion leader, I would say, but you have also experienced various kind of, let's say, um, 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 areas in the healthcare system, Switzerland, insurances, also there are different kind of, uh, let's say, responsibilities, very interesting kind of background. Having said that, could you maybe just let us know the core benefit of the Swiss healthcare system? Maybe you can as well refer back to the current COVID-19 pandemic, what you have also managed actively. Well, thank you, Dr. Walzer. Yes, the core benefits of the Swiss healthcare system. If you look at international studies, Switzerland healthcare system is regarded one of the best in the world and seems to be uh, even, even the best in the world if you look at the European Consumer Healthcare Index but uh, sometimes also on, on, on the place number two. But uh, there is one point, it seems to be rather expensive because if you correlate the health consumer index with the healthcare costs, we are only on place 18 or 19. But let me explain. 
Um, I think the core benefits of the healthcare system is we have a compulsory healthcare insurance in Switzerland, uh, where you have the benefit of almost everything you need for your healthcare. That means that includes uh, drugs, that includes hospital treatments, inpatient and outpatient treatment in hospitals. So you have everything uh, you need. You get devices, medical devices you want to have. And so I would say even the most expensive drugs in the world that exists, you will get them if you need them. So I think we are rather happy with our healthcare system. But uh, as I mentioned, the price seems to be rather high. We pay a lot of premiums for our compulsory healthcare insurance, but Swiss people are happy with it. And said this, I want to say also that if you cannot afford paying your premiums, there will be the state where you get subsidies, that you get more money for paying your healthcare. So everybody has a compulsory healthcare insurance and can afford it. Very interesting. I mean, to be maybe a bit provocative, is this maybe the perfect system when comparing uh, to the US? Well, if you compare to the US, I think uh, we, we do even better because, as you know, the US system, there are over 40 millions of people who have no healthcare insurance, no medical provision. And that's the difference. We started 1996 with this compulsory healthcare insurance. Uh, the last 200 years we had healthcare insurances, but it was not compulsory. And uh, the Swiss government decided, and the Swiss people decided, 1994 to start 96 with this compulsory uh, healthcare insurance. Because if you go to hospitals, it costs a lot of money. And uh, before, there were a lot of people who had no healthcare insurance and put the money under your pillow. But uh, the money should be nowadays, where we have so high costs for hospital treatments or drugs, should be very uh, high level and it uh, was not sufficient. But with this healthcare insurance since 1996, we are quite happy and everybody who wants, even if we have people coming from abroad, they are included uh, in the healthcare system if they stay in Switzerland, as, as, uh, if they get asylum. And so I think we are very good um, compared to other countries. There may be some um, disadvantages, but generally said, we are happy with it. Very good, very good. I mean, you, you said, or let's say you, you pulled it out, let's say quite broadly, right? Are there any difference from a cantonal, so from a regional perspective? I mean, we see that in Germany, right? I mean, depending a bit on the care environment, there are huge differences between different regions. Is that as well happening in Switzerland? Well, that's a good point. Obviously, we have 26 cantons in Switzerland, and so we have 26 healthcare systems because every canton, canton is responsible for its healthcare system. We have the healthcare insurance, which is compulsory for Switzerland and in the same way for all cantons. But the provision of healthcare, how many hospitals you have, how many specialists you have, the density of specialists, this is different from canton to canton and each canton is responsible for it. 
And is as we pay premiums for our healthcare system, for our healthcare insurance, um, from canton to canton, it depends how high the premiums are. The difference between the cheapest canton uh, to the highest canton, the cheapest is uh, Appenzell Innerrhoden with something like 30,000 inhabitants. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the most expensive is Basel, uh, Basel, where we have something like 200,000 inhabitants. It's uh, 100%. So if you stay in Appenzell Innerrhoden, you pay half of the premium that you pay in Basel. And this depends on the costs because the costs are divided per year by the people who are insured. And if you have high costs, the premiums are high. If you have lower costs, you have lower premiums. But that doesn't mean that you have no good healthcare provision in Appenzell Innerrhoden because each canton has to guarantee that everybody gets the provision, the healthcare provision he needs. And if Oppenzell has no university hospital and you need a high, highly specified medical treatment, Oppenzell has to deal with a hospital that provides you this. And so uh, people from Oppenzell have to go to Zurich or to Bern or to other university hospital where the canton of Oppenzell has contracts with it. But the difference is, I think, that in Oppenzell people are much more used not to go every time to the doctor when you sneeze. Like in the, like in the city of Basel, it may, might change. And if you look at the density of the specialists in Basel, you have twice as much as, for example, in Oppenzell, or fourth as much as you have in Oppenzell. So it depends a little bit on the density of the provision provisioners you have in your canton. And after the costs, you have the premiums. Interesting. No, absolutely. I think that's that gives a good kind of um, let's see overview also of the let's say complexities uh, within the Swiss system as well. Um, I would like now to move a bit, let's say, away from the more general view from the healthcare system, going maybe a bit into let's say the well, we obviously act more into the market access of products or so drugs. I think you mentioned already, but also medical devices, etc. And there, obviously, we have as well let's say, the kind of a decision-making process of the BAG. Could you maybe put that, let's say, context of the BAG, of the process there, into the kind of, uh, let's say, more system from the health insurances who finally needs to pay for it as well? Yeah, just maybe explaining that. And there also, as a kind of add-on, a differentiation between the in and the outpatient setting? Well, the system is that the Federal Office of Public Health, the BAG, is responsible for the health care, for the general, for the, for the compulsory health care, and defines the rules. And then we have uh, provisioners. We have about something like uh, 60 different health care insurers who may offer you this compulsory health care insurance. But every insurer has to offer the same uh, variety of provisions, of healthcare provisions, and has to uh, offer after the same prices. The prices are differentiated uh, from hospital to hospital. We finance the hospitals by diagnosis-related groups, DRGs. And the base rates for these DRGs, they differ from hospital to hospital. And the cantons are responsible for fixing these base rates. In the outpatient sector, we are paying by our doctor's tariff. It's called the TARMED, Tarif Medical, uh, where we have a certain number of points for certain provisions, which are all over Switzerland the same. 
But uh, the worth of a healthcare point, the weight of a healthcare point is differentiated from canton to canton, where also the cantons have to fix this, uh, uh, the highness of the, of the points, of the weight. So that means if you have um, outpatient treatment, uh, the same outpatient treatment may differ from canton to canton because you have a different tax, tax point in uh, the different cantons. And uh, the insurers, they have a compulsory basket of goods which, which they have to pay and they cannot deny it. So that means it should be no difference um, from healthcare insurer to healthcare insurer where you are insured. But as I said, it should. We have slight differences as certain goods are restricted so that the responsible physician of uh, healthcare insurance um, in certain cases has to decide if a provision has to be paid or has not to be paid. A very famous example is our Article 71 with drugs, where you have drugs which are admitted to the Swiss uh, market, so you have market access, but are not compulsory paid by the healthcare insurance. And then you have the possibility if this drug is very life-saving, could be life-saving if you have a life-threatening disease with this patient, that uh, a physician can negotiate or ask uh, for an insurance to, to pay it. And so the responsible physician of this healthcare insurance has to decide if the healthcare insurance is paying or not. And you can imagine, as we have 26 cantons and we have different healthcare systems, so we have 60 different healthcare insurers, and every healthcare insurer can decide after his decision after its way. And so we have there a differentiation. And it, you, you may be lucky and be insured with a healthcare insurance who is ready to pay for a, for, for a drug, which is often very expensive, uh, a life-saving drug. Another healthcare insurer would not pay. So it differs a little bit um, who is your healthcare insurer. And this is uh, one thing we are trying uh, to, to, ch to change that every healthcare insurance has to behave, to behave the same way. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good point. I think Article 71. Um, we have not spoken quite a bit on drugs. Are there any pathways similar to Article 71 for medical devices? I mean, you have just said ins insurances could generally, let's say, decide on top of the compulsory kind of package. Is there anything available, especially maybe for devices where similar maybe to Article 71, when the kind of market access process might already last, negotiations are not yet over. Is that anyway somewhere, something available? No, not, not really, because we have a slight difference as most of the medical devices which have to be paid separately are included, are often used uh, in the inpatient sector. And as we are in the inpatient sector, everything is included in the DRT payment. And the insurer is not differing which device you are using. The devices are only paid by the insurance uh, directly or separately if we are in the outpatient sector. And often most of the devices are often used not in the outpatient sector, but inpatient. So it happens uh, rarely that uh, we are discussing about if this should be paid or should not be paid. And usually, if you use a device, if the physician decides to use a device, 
the insurer has to pay it after the sum the physician is paying for the device himself. And the Article 71 actually is only eligible for drugs and not for devices. I think that's a very important point because we have not only new devices which come on the market, but we have also new processes, new completely new ways to make uh, uh, surgery. And uh, the big question is how we can achieve that innovations will have quick market access to Switzerland. And if innovations are often uh, more expensive than uh, the way of treatment we had before, uh, it's not paid uh, or not enough paid by uh, a DRG. So you would ask for a higher DRG. And this is a long process. You can ask for a, a new DRG because the process is more expensive, but this lasts often two to four years until you will be rewarded by a higher cost rate means you get more money for your inpatient treatment. So Innovation, access, that's one point I think Switzerland could do better. So I guess Article 71 is then not applicable in the inpatient setting, right? Article 71 usually is used for the outpatient sector because in the inpatient sector, drug is included in the DRG. But we have something like more than 100 exceptions uh, where we have a co-payment to the DRG, but this is only eligible for, diff, uh, for, for fixed, for, for uh, certain drugs which are on a, on a drug list, which where it can be paid uh, separately. Got you, got you. Okay, very interesting. Um, so access to innovation is maybe then sometimes a bit tricky, as, as you said. Um, I was also thinking a bit... Um, when we think about let's say the different regulatory kind of steps beforehand, right? We have the large FDA, we have the uh, quite large EMA, we have now separated process in the UK, and then we have as well Swissmedic in in Switzerland. Um, is that maybe as well a hurdle? Even though that I think Project Orbis now in the oncology setting could potentially even let's say um, give a further push for innovation in Switzerland. Would you agree? Uh, I would agree that innovation has more hurdles uh, to come on the market in Switzerland than maybe in other countries. Other countries have often uh, a quicker access and maybe the price is defined later, but uh, the product is available on the market already and used. In Switzerland, we have a sort of a two-step access where firstly, Swissmedic is uh, responsible for the market access uh, for um, a device or a drug uh, in Switzerland. And if this drug should be also be reimbursed by the healthcare insurance, on the second step, you will have asked for a pricing by the Federal Office of Public Health. And usually it should take something like three months until uh, when you have market access until you get uh, your pricing by the Federal Office of Public Health so to, that you get with your drug on a specialty list and which is which is compulsory for for this payment, which is fixed on the specialty list for every healthcare insurer. Uh, these three months often <laughs> become more than three months, or could be or even three years, yeah. when uh, data are not so uh, exact, where the evidence, clinical evidence, is not so um, so well, and especially if the drug is expensive. 
No, exactly. I mean, the, the question is rather, I mean, you just said, I mean, it, it's a couple of pros and cons and maybe some hurdles, maybe some less hurdles. Um, when I compare it with some other countries, especially to Germany, I would as well anyway just see that, let's say Switzerland is a bit more open to, let's call it risk share agreements, right? To let a bit more flexibility in terms of how then family products are being priced. Is, is that still the case or is it more a perception from outside? Well, I think in Switzerland, unfortunately, we have rather a rigid system. It's uh, almost a black and white thing. That means you are on a specialty list or you are not. And if uh, there are questions of risk sharing, this is not very common in Switzerland, risk sharing. Uh, all these market access models, uh, where which we know from other countries, like um, budget, budget impact uh, questions and putting a, a limit to the budget more uh, budget uh, impact or even if you take risk access pay for performance or non pay for non performance these are models they are not used in switzerland very much because they are very complicated to fulfill as every insurer has to have lists, have to make, make controlling. And so it is only worth if you have very expensive drugs to make such a controlling. Uh, but uh, risk sharing is not common. But I think we are discussing in Switzerland about uh, to change the system from this very rigid system, black or white, yes or no, uh, to much more flexible systems. But our fellow Office of Public Health is, I think, rather rather typical Swiss. That means everything lasts 100 years and more uh, until you have it. Uh, but uh, we'll be more open, I think, when we see uh, around in uh, Germany or in uh, UK that such models are much more, more used and that patients get better access and that you share risks uh, with drugs where you don't know exactly to which patient it can be uh, applied in a, in a way that it helps. And so I think risk sharing would be would be a good model for Switzerland, but it's not commonly used. Okay, thank you. I think that uh, that gives good insights as well. Um, when let's say thinking a bit about the future of the healthcare system, we start a bit when you know the, the current system, let's say, was implemented with the different, as already said, hurdles and non-hurdles, and I think whatever might last for hundred years or not. <laughs> the question is, is is again going back to obviously digitalization. How would you rate the level of digitalization of the healthcare system? And as you just said, it, it might also take a bit until those maybe new things might as well be applied. How long could it really take that, let's say, the next level might be achieved in terms of digitalization? I think that's a rather a poor thing for Switzerland, digitalization. I myself was responsible as vice director of the Federal Office of Public Health. That was in 2007 when I wrote with my colleague together the first, uh, first uh, way for, the, for, for Switzerland to introduce an electronic patient record. And uh, we wrote this paper for our, our minister and it was implemented. And in this paper was written that 2015, everybody will have access, electronic access to his healthcare data from everywhere in Switzerland. Uh, it's a little bit like, like George Orville, who write 1984, and suddenly it was 1984, and he would uh, like to, uh, to write 2084. 
uh, we should have written 2025. But uh, to be honest, um, uh, this electronic patient record is not so far in Switzerland that I would be convinced that we will have one in 2025 with functions, really. Mm. Because if you ask people in Switzerland, what is digitalization in the healthcare sector? Everybody thinks, well, it's, uh, it's producing a PDF and putting it in, uh, in uh, somewhere in the computer that's digital. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I think we have a great lack. Um, we could do much more with big data. We have so many, many data boxes, black boxes even, uh, where we could do much, much better. And I think big data will be an issue uh, to perform better in Switzerland. I think electronic patient record would, would be better. But uh, I think we should do some work before as we don't have for everybody a digital identity in Switzerland, like other countries have. For example, if you look to Austria, who introduced uh, a digital patient record combined with a digital identity. Uh, I think that's the way. And uh, especially if we look at the last two years with Corona, uh, it was very sad to see uh, how it functioned or not functioned. Still, our physicians are sending faxes uh, from their cabinets to, to the Federal Office of Public Health. It's, it's really a pity. And a museum of... Uh, of electronic art last uh, last month asked the Federal Office of Public Health if they could have the fax in the Federal Office of Public Health for uh, the museum. They wanted to place it somewhere near to Commodore computers and things like this. And the Federal Office of Public Health had to say, sorry, we can't give it. We need it. <laughs> We're still, it's still in action. So that's, that's the way I think. Corona showed us that we are in a very poor situation with digitalization, with data transfer, uh, with uh, all these questions about digital health and digital data. And I think there will be a change in the, I hope there will be a change in the next 10 years, let's say, so that we'll have a really digital world in healthcare in Switzerland. That is some quite nice words at the end, I would say. So a quite good, hopefully good outlook into the future. Thank you very much, Peter Indra, for your insights. Thank you, Dr. Walser. So Peter Indra was as well agreeing that the Swiss healthcare system is obviously one of the best, but it's also one of the most expensive ones. I mean, he also just said, I think uh, probably it's not a good comparison doing that with the Swiss healthcare system and the US system, but because I think the outcomes of the Swiss system, there is also evidence behind, is probably even better than the US one. But it's at least, I think, a kind of way how to think about it when especially starting from the insurance's perspective in mind. Furthermore, just keeping in mind, there are different say, entrance levels. It's from a national perspective, the federal Public Health Office, the BAG, then you have the different insurances, and then you still have, let's say, the differences between the cantons, between the regions, quite small country, but still 26 regions, so still something to consider, especially if you're maybe not going, let's say, the kind of drug pathway. I think drug pathway, even though, as Dr. Intra quite clearly said, it's maybe a more conservative pathway, 
or generally probably conservative pathway. But especially maybe if you have, for example, a medical device diagnostic in the outpatient setting, it might get even further tricky, especially when it's not really being used in the hospital setting. Furthermore, very important, quite clearly Article 71, the early paid access. We had that already as a kind of key discussion point already in our podcast, but also he again explained that this is sometimes a good way in order to have even further and earlier access to innovative kind of products, especially when it might take those up to three years time of the negotiation with the BAG for especially the kind of costly products. For medical devices, this is unfortunately not applicable, So, but that's as well something where Dr. Intra said the healthcare system is generally thinking about. And finally, good summary on, is there any digitalization in Switzerland? Interesting to hear that there are other countries like Germany where let's say fax machines are still being used. Ah, whether it's interesting or just a pity, especially when thinking about digital health in a broader sense, maybe not even about the electronic kind of um, data uh, analysis like big data, I mean, what he had just mentioned or IDs, etc. cetera, uh, but even further on digital health therapeutics, what we have, for example, as DIGAS in Germany, I think that's maybe even a bit further away in the Swiss health care system. But funny, good kind of outlook, and I think I would agree with um, let's just see what will happen in 2025, probably more 2023, um, in terms of the healthcare system. And once we have a real digitalization available in Switzerland, then this might also come to effect. On top, obviously, do not forget what he has well, as well mentioned in the mean, or let's say in the mid of his kind of um, points, was also that potential risk share agreements might get even more important in the system. But kind of quick outlook, it needs to still become more important in other countries like Germany. So let's just see if that might be the case. And then we can as well compare if that might as well be applicable finally in Switzerland. That was an episode of MAP, the market access podcast provided by Mars Market Access and Pricing Strategy, which is your healthcare consultancy in the German speaking markets. MAP is available every second week with a new episode, so watch out. And in case you might have questions, contact me directly and or visit our website on www.marketaccess-pricingstrategy.de.